Hello there. It's Women of Grace in the Marketplace. I'm Janelle Keith in Oklahoma and alongside my co-host, Lori Clapper. She's in Pennsylvania. And we have a guest today. Her name is Gay Linfords. Now, uh, correct me if I'm saying that right, Gay. She, uh, I met her first years ago. We traveled on a mission team to India. And what a trip that was, right, Gay? But, but since then, she's an author a speaker at women's conferences. She's a blogger. And uh, what I love about Gay is that her personality shines through her writing with her humor. And that's what we're here to talk about today is how to find humor in everyday life. We need (laughs) that, don't we? (laughs) Yes, thank you. This will be a fun conversation. Yes, for sure. (laughs) That's what I love. Yes. I love that. And I feel like in this world today, humor is needed more than ever and a reminder of, of, of spreading joy wherever we're at because so many people are upset or angry or suffering and, and we need yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to have reminders to just be happy about something, right? <laughs> yes, for ourselves. <laughs> Watch for those moments. Yes. 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 So, Gay, tell us a little bit about your background story. Sure. I think if there was one theme that kind of permeates through all of it, it is that God is faithful and he always shows up. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a real small town in northwestern Minnesota, um, a little farming community. And that's where I really learned what it meant to be in community in this small town. And um, but there were two messages that really framed my growing up experience. God is faithful and you need to work hard. I grew up with two sisters, and but my parents had seven children. So I had three brothers and a sister who all died at very young ages, babies and toddlers, mm-hmm. so um, at different times. So I watched my parents really live out their faith, and I saw that God is faithful even in the darkest times. And also because of those experiences, I also wanted to make sure that I worked really hard So I didn't make life even more difficult for mom and dad. So that's where that needing to really work hard came in. But um, had great growing up experiences, um, went to college, grad school, missionary training center. And then I started working in corporate America, uh, most, most of the time in human resources. And I really learned there, how do you shift in your jobs? How do you lead well? How do you know when it's time to do something different? And then about 20 years ago, I started my own consulting, um, speaking and writing business, my own company, and um, then became a caregiver for my mom. She had Alzheimer's, so my sisters and I were 24-7 taking turns caregiving for her for seven years. And um, But I would say also I'm a self-proclaimed chief encourager. Out of all of that, that's where I end up. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. That is great. It's great. <laughs> well, working with so, people, that's a good thing. Working in the leadership role and guiding people, that, that, that is important and appreciated, I'm sure. Yes, and it is hard. It is hard work. Whether you're in nonprofit, a big Fortune 500 company, a small business entrepreneurship, it's the people side of the work that can really mess with you because we all bring, we all bring our junk and our messiness into our work. So those relationships can sometimes be hard, but also something so rewarding. Mm. 
So tell us uh, maybe a story or a memory that you recall when you were in a stressful situation in the corporate world, uh, how God helped you uh, resolve Mm -hmm. those stresses. Sure. Uh, What comes to my mind right away is when I worked at what was then Northwest Airlines. Now it's Delta Airlines. And I was director of human resources for in-flight services. So our HR team supported 11,000 airline employees. Wow. Yeah, it was a big job and a very exciting, challenging, fun job. But I was working there over 9-11. So I remember that day that all those airlines were, that Twin Towers went down the airlines. That was a very stressful time for Uh the airlines and in our work. And two of the airplanes went down and they knew... um, the media knew that there was a third one in the air. We did not know if it was one of ours. So we were sitting in our leadership meeting, waiting to find that out. But then after that, it was dealing with those employees who had, um, the flight attendants who had been so close to what had happened, and then having to do all the layoffs as a result, as you know, everything in the airlines changed there for a few years. It was very hard for me to tell people they didn't have a job. And even now, this many years later, I still feel um, an internal twinge and emotion about it. It was to no fault, of course, of their own, but to tell thousands of employees, sorry, we're going to have to lay you off that it just went against everything you want to be in the workplace. I really had to ask God to give me the strength to have those conversations and to move through that and to help our team, my own team, and the rest of our division try to keep going when everything was so in upheaval, um, especially those first few weeks and, and couple months. That was Um, where my faith was really challenged. And then I would just quickly add to that, um, a month or a year or so later, I I was just realizing I just can't do this anymore. I can't tell any more people they don't have a job. Mm. Um, It was just a tough place to work, and I wanted to leave, and I didn't feel God was giving me the okay yet. Mm. And I had to move through that for a few months until one day it was real clear, now it's time to make the move. So, yeah. Wow. So, so what was that moment, that aha moment, that time when God spoke to you and said, yes, this is the time. How did you know? Mm -hmm. There was, um, after, especially after 9-11, there was a lot of um, tension and stress in the workplace because things were shifting. People were worried about their jobs, even, you know, within the year after that. And the, the tension was showing up in our own leadership team. And I had been praying for several months, Lord, just give me the okay to leave. This is, I'm losing my soul. And Mm -hmm. one day in a staff meeting, something was said that I thought, this just, this just isn't right. And it's not, it's draining me. And at that moment, I thought, "I, I think it's time. And I went home and said to my husband, Steve, I think it's time for me to turn in my resignation. And for the first time, he said, I think you're right. It's time. So that weekend we started working through what will this transition look like? When do I give my notice and so on? So it was just the Lord's nudge that says, yes, you have permission. 
it's it's interesting how he has to release us from that and in that preparation time he will do that give his uh release to say it's time to move on i've experienced the same thing and it, you yeah. do have you have to wait on that otherwise it it seems like you're moving out of his will for you at the at the wrong time so i agree janelle yes yeah. Wow. But to have that discernment to, to know, you know, and be that sensitive to the Holy Spirit to, uh, it, you know, understand that this is what was happening in your life. And so many uh, women that I know of just struggle through, you know, think mm-hmm. shrug that off as not being something to pay attention to. So that's kudos to you for being that <laughs> sensitive. Right. Yeah. yeah. So God how did is, you God is faithful. <laughs> he is so That's much. In in every step, in every juncture that we encounter, we tend to think that he's got so many other big things to do. Why would he pay attention to our little tiny decisions? But he's just that faithful of a father that will he wants to be involved. So mm-hmm. yes. So real quickly, as we wrap up this first segment of the show, what came first? What did you leave for? What did you start doing first? I didn't know what I was going to do. Oh. I looked for a job or okay. what I was going to do. Right. Still waiting for that. But what became very clear is I was real soon was I would start my own company mm. because I started getting requests for consulting for human resources. And that launched me into my new career. Mm. Gay, we want to know about your consulting business and how you got into speaking and writing. Wonderful. I'd love to share that. So the consulting started after I left um, Delta Airlines. Uh, I just started getting requests. Can you help us with this? And and from some of the departments at, at the airlines. So I started doing that, but I'd always been doing a little speaking. So while, especially while I was at the airlines, I was invited to be part of an advisory group for uh, an organization called Women Work. They were a national organization who helped women get back on their feet and find jobs. Well, I had done a lot of recruiting. That was a natural fit. And what I started doing with them was speaking at their different conventions or retreats around the country because I could fly for free because of my benefits at the airlines, and then I would take vacation time. Mm. So that was really cool. So I started getting some experience there and I had grown up watching my dad speak in churches, and so I was um, I saw how he would always speak from his heart. So I started um, doing more speaking, but it was primarily in helping people find jobs. And then a few years into my own business, I decided, you know, I think God wants me to speak about another topic in addition to that. Hmm. I think he wants me just to tell people that they are important and that they matter. So I'd been volunteering at a church that had uh, didn't have access to many resources. And I told them, you know what? Do you want to have a women's event? I'll come and speak, and I'll bring the food, and we'll bring the help, and we'll get it all done. So <laughs> I started in my first, quote, professional opportunity by saying, here I am. I'll make it happen. So I put together a speech for a faith-based group of women, and my sister and a girlfriend and my husband came and served. We had it catered, and it was a beautiful event, and and I, I read my speech. I remember I just read my speech <laughs> that time. So, <laughs> one of those moments where, oh, my word, gay. <laughs> but it was wonderful, and afterwards I knew this. This is the next step mm. to add to what, I'm, what God has called me to do. So that's how it started. Hmm. What a, it's just like an evolving of who gay is, you know, we just learn more Mm -hmm. and more. So, and did you ever 
uh, have any doubts that came against that. Is this the right thing, God? Am I, is this the plan that you have for me? Or it just all flowed naturally together? The plan seemed to come as I would just take the next step. But I still have doubts. <laughs> I still get real nervous when I speak. I still wonder, oh, my word, how can I, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I still, um, every once in a while, will question God and say, are you sure? Because my stomach is telling me, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you want to do this. Gabe. Oh, good. You do. You feel that way, too. <laughs> yes. And the trouble is, when you're speaking, you can't call in sick and someone else picks it up, you know, on the spur of the moment. So I do have doubts and I question God and wonder what's next. But I know that he will always show up. And if I just take what I think is the next step, um, if I can just add one thought here, you know, so often we ask God, what is your will for me? Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do? And what God has been telling me most recently is do what I've already told you to do. Mm. You know, we keep looking for the next right thing. And he's saying, just do, I've already told you, you know, do I need to stay in Norwegian now? And then you'll get it. You know, just do it. Just do it. I know it's like that fear of missing out type thing, right? Like you're like, there's got to be something more. I already did this. Now there's something new. Well, no, I gave you this gift, this gift that you're doing now, right? Yes. (laughs) Such human nature. That's it, Lori. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's great. So from that first speaking gig where you read your notes, I love that, you know, because it's just like, <laughs> did, and your, your confidence was built, obviously, with the, the fact that, okay, this, that one turned out okay, you know, and yes. so uh, how did God open the next door for you? I think people that I knew who had heard me do um, my workshops on finding a job, they started asking me about what else I would speak on. And I had the courage to ask a couple of girlfriends if I could speak at their church. Mm. So, um, yes, my confidence grew from that first time because I didn't die and I didn't throw up in front of everybody. So I thought, okay, good indicators. Good yes. But, you know, I will say for the next, oh, I bet for at least the next year, every time I would go and speak at a church, I'm a true introvert. And I'd go, and when I would go and speak at a church, you know how you're supposed to mingle beforehand, get to know the women and all of this. And I didn't have books back then, so I didn't have a book table. I would go into the bathroom, and I would just sit in one of the stalls and just sit there and wait until two minutes before I was supposed to speak. I was really in trouble when it was a one-stall bathroom. <laughs> I kept going in and out when I heard someone was knocking they must have thought that was really wrong. <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't think this is supposed to work this way. <laughs> this has to be easier. But what I did learn, what I did learn, Janelle, back to your question is, I learned my confidence grew, but I had to stop asking for confidence, and I started asking for courage. Mm. Because my confidence, I will never have confidence on my own, in my own strength, but I will get more courageous to step out and do things. like speak without having to sit in the bathroom for 45 minutes first. So (laughs) what a funny story though, but how beautiful that, that is that, yeah, it's not the confidence. I mean, yes, we need confidence, but the courage comes along the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
that speaks to all of us right now. <laughs> right. Now, who has God kind of put in your path? Do you have mentors or is there, do you have like a community uh, that of encouragers that, that help you along the way as you kind of build this um, part of your life? Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, it was definitely my mom and dad who just taught us to love Jesus and they showed us how to be faithful, even in the worst of times. And I went to a small Bible camp when I was young called Camp Joy. I mean, don't you just love the name of that Bible camp? I mean, what could be wrong with that? You know, I love that. And the counselors there really showed me how to how to just live as a young adult and find the joy and love Jesus. So that, that Bible camp experience, um, these days I have friends that I look to. I have a, there are, there's a group of four women in particular that I really look to to be accountable to and to pray for me and encourage me. But I have also looked for organizations to be a part of, to learn from, that can um, that can encourage and teach and support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one other thing, if I can just add one more thing here, for those in the marketplace who are in the business world in, in corporate America, you'd be surprised how you can show up for other women and be that person of an encouragement without leading with Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to walk up to someone and say, you know, do you love Jesus? I can tell you how to be saved. But you can do things that 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 reflect that. When I got my first big-time job in corporate America, it was in the days when nobody wore pants to work. Everyone wore suits. I didn't have suits. I didn't have the money to buy suits. And one of the very senior VPs, the executives in the firm, came down to me one day and she said, you know what, Gay, I have some suits I don't wear anymore. Can I give them to you? Oh, God bless her. I said, yes. So she gave me five or six beautiful professional business suits. And I thought, I don't know if she knew Jesus, but man, she was the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment for me. So we can make a difference in the marketplace by what we do and how we do it. I love that. Yeah. Such great encouragement. So, well, so God obviously built this gift in you to share, you know, being an introvert, especially (laughs) what hilarious story, but how have you come out of your shell, so to speak? Courage, (laughs) courage, and I realized I have learned over the years, as I'm sure the two of you have, it's really not about me. Mm. Whether you're on the radio or in your books or in your publishing company or in, in our speaking, it's not about me. And once we can recognize the fact that we can step out of being the one that we think, we keep thinking everyone is critiquing and rather focus on what Jesus is doing with us and through us, that takes some of the pressure off. So mm-hmm. I have learned, though, um, both being in corporate America, having my own business and speaking, I do have to be more extroverted. Mm-hmm. I, it, it just what I'm what I'm called to do requires that. Mm-hmm. So now I will go to events and I will enjoy visiting with people because I realize God has put me in this place in this time. So I have to show up fully present. And I will do that. And then I will go home and take a nap (laughs) and not talk to anybody for a while. (laughs) There's something to that. (laughs) Yes, there is. Yes. I'm not hiding in the bathrooms. I'm I'm enjoying myself. 
(laughs) Hearing Gay's story from literally from an introverted person, now she's God is moving her into the spotlight and she's becoming more uh, extroverted. I love that process though. And you haven't, you haven't, you know, gone all serious on us, Gay. You've just been, you know, you're a happy, fun little self. And so, Obviously, the joy you have is from the Lord. How does that spill out onto other people if, if through what you're doing now in your consulting mm-hmm. business and the speaking? Mm-hmm. Well, in the speaking, it shows up, I think, just in such a fun way. Because when I speak or in my books, I will infuse it with wit or humor, or chuckles, you know, I'm not a comedian, you know, don't ever make me be a stand-up comedian, that would put my introverted self into, into dire straits, (laughs) but, but I love, I love um, sharing stories, and I'm not a fun, I'm not afraid to um, share my own mishaps, to share Mm -hmm. where I've really messed up, that comes Mm -hmm. naturally for me, so um, when I'm speaking, I believe God has called me to remind women that their lives matter, their stories matter, and that we can find joy in the daily, in our daily experiences. So where where the best compliment I get and the, and the sweetest feedback, um, you could put a whole bunch of names to it, but that it would be one, one lady who would come forward and say, thank you for making me giggle today. Mm. Thank you for reminding me that I'm not alone. Thank mm. you for giving me some hope. You know, I think especially women, when we become women of a certain age, we're middle-aged and we are no longer the, the young moms or the have, raising children at home, and rather we're in those middle stages, we're trying to find ourselves, mm-hmm. even more so after the last couple of years. We're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do, who we're supposed to be, and people we know are getting sick. As we even get older, people are leaving us and moving on to heaven, and how do, how do we journey through that? So I help women kind of navigate how do we how can we find Jesus in the everyday when we're facing the good or the bad or as I call it the you've got to be kidding me moment. So that's where I think I make a difference. Women laugh and they have hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And you know laughter is healing. It says that in the Bible that you know it's good for the soul and that's quite the um gift to be able to laugh at yourself laugh poke fun at yourself you know yeah it's relatable too yes it's relatable yeah yeah when uh, i've read this somewhere i don't know the exact quote but it says when you learn to laugh at yourself there's another layer of healing that god has provided for you and i i think about that sometimes to think what how can i bring humor out of this particular incident you know because I have a tendency to blame myself for everything, right? And so I'm overcoming that by laughing at myself. So it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, we have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to find that fine line between we can poke fun at ourselves or are we get into that real self-deprecating, which which people start to get uncomfortable with because Mm -hmm. they know we're coming from a place where, as you said, Janelle, it hasn't healed yet. You know, mm-hmm. it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But oh, I've got so many messes, you know, that it's just easy to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> You've got content and, and galore. <laughs> yes. 
and then you see the ladies nodding or they finish they finish the circumstance you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's great so so tell us you walked through a stressful time again with caring for your mom and alzheimer's how how mm-hmm. did you bring joy to that situation when you know that you know, life is precious in those moments. I mean, she lasted seven years. Wow. Yeah, that was, um, I call that my um, hard, challenging, and very sacred um, segment of my life, season of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to keep mom in her apartment because we could be there. Steve and I lived, um, she passed away just a couple years ago. But she lived just a couple of miles from us. So I was able to um, come back home sometimes and see Steve in the mornings if she was still able to be alone for an hour or so back in the first few years. And that brought me joy. It's just finding ways that I needed to connect with something that was not, that was not a reminder of what we were moving through. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I learned... I learned after a few years, I needed to cut back on some of my work. I couldn't do what I had been doing. I still was running my own consulting business, which I could do from a card table in her living room. But I had to step out of all the organizations that I was volunteering with because the energy wasn't there to do everything. So one way I tried to keep my joy, although I wasn't always successful, was just figuring out what... What can I say no to? What do I need to step out of and give my full attention to mom? Um, in, in addition to keep my business running. So I found joy that way. I am so lucky to have the two sisters that I do because I tell you, they are they bring me joy just by just by popping up, just by showing up. So we had each other. We we had each other. That brought me joy. And I had um, girlfriends that I could reach out to and say, okay, I just can't do this anymore. And they would say, yes, you can. And here's how we're going to do it. Tell us that boundary line. I mean, how did you determine, I got to say no to this because I just don't have the energy. How did you choose those things that you said no to? I'm I'm asking because I need to know this. I need <laughs> yes. to set these boundaries. Yeah. yeah. I decided that um, what is it that I have to say yes to? I had to say yes to mom. I had to say yes to my business because we needed the income. Mm -hmm. My husband retired the same, just within months of the time we got the call that said mom needed 24-7 care. So Steve wasn't working. I was the breadwinner then. I had to work. So those are my two yeses. And then I realized so much of my volunteer work required work to be somewhere at events like the Christian Women in Media or the National Speakers Association. I had to be, be somewhere or I was in a leadership role, so I had invested a lot of time. And I decided I just have to say no to all of them. So I made the decision I'm pulling out of everything except my business and mom. That was my, that was my line. Mm. And that was hard. And if I can just add to that, for any listener who right now is is living in that moment of taking care of an elderly parent or a spouse or someone who is in um, a place where you just think, I just don't know if I can do this, I would say you can't do it on your own. You've got to get on your knees and say, Lord, give me the strength just for today. For this next hour, give me the strength. And then show yourself grace. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that more readily for myself. Show yourself grace. 
What you're called to do is show up. You can't fix it. You can't, you can't heal it. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't make it better, but you can show up, make it more comfortable and do whatever God shows you to do. So there's someone out there, I think a listener who just needs to know, show mm -hmm. up and show yourself grace. Mm -hmm. So important. Grace. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. covers everything yeah yeah it does yeah. so it was someone giving you grace i mean obviously your mom wasn't able to she was mm -hmm. you know in a different place you had to learn how to give grace to yourself mm -hmm. yes the person who gave me the most grace was my husband steve i called him all those years he was grace in blue jeans that's who he was he was grace <laughs> in blue jeans <laughs> he, because I was not home most of the time. I was at my mom's overnight most of the days, and he was just hitting retirement, so he was home alone, and um, he showed me grace. Never once did he complain mm -hmm. or say, this has to change. Never once. Mm -hmm. that's, that's who showed me the most grace. Wow, wow. Have you ever thought about writing a book about that time, Gay, that you... Uh, learned how to give yourself grace. I think that would be a wonderful book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I haven't, um, Janelle, in that light, I have thought about writing about what did I learn through mom's, my experience with mom. Uh -huh. And to your point, though, your idea, that really would be so much about grace. Um, it has still felt a little too, whew, I'm not ready to, I'm not mm. ready to go there yet yeah um, mm -hmm. after we um after mom left us a few months later steve's mom needed caregiving so we started doing that and mm -hmm. she lived with us for a couple months just after my mom died and it, it, it was just um so we've been in caregiving for a while and she passed away last november so we are in a new season where i'm starting to really show myself more grace I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's uh, switch over to your book writing. Then where did these yeah. stories comes from? You know, uh, the latest book that you sent me and thank you for that. Getting my ducks in a row and other stories of faith. How did God move you from, uh, from in the middle of caregiving, uh, obviously to uh, write some of these stories down? Well, I, I, I've always been a noticer. And I notice stories and I notice moments and I would keep notes. Um, and I've done that with all of my books. I just make a note on a, on a little post-it card about something mm -hmm. I've learned or studied in the Bible. And then that I'm reminded of, oh, when you did this, Gay, that was really not good. You know, and what did you learn from it? So I would come at it that way. But um, um, that book in particular, Getting My Ducks in a Row and Other Stories of Faith, bubbled out of a moment um oh i think this was maybe eight years ago or so i decided i wanted to take tap dancing lessons as an adult i don't tap dance but you know if i had my dreams yeah i'd be on broadway <laughs> it's not gonna happen but i was tap dancing there were eight other women we had this we took we practiced and we we were so on target for this big recital we were going to have at the end our adult group with about 15 other little children's groups, you know, doing their tap dancing. So on the big day of the event, we went to practice in this big auditorium. They put on the music, 
KC and the Sunshine Band, um, you know, um, <laughs> Keep It Come in Love, I think was the name of the song. And we had our top hats on and our leotards and canes and purple cummerbunds, and we were ready to go. And we started tap dancing, and the music was faster than we had practiced. <laughs> and we couldn't keep up. I mean, we looked pathetic. We just kept, but you know, our brain memory kicked in, and we just did it to our own rhythm. So the music ended. And we were still tapped in. <laughs> we were all in sync. And I thought, you know, there are times when we just cannot get our act together. We can't, we can't get in sync. We can't get all our ducks in a row. So that's kind of what the, the story that kind of made it bubble up. And then I realized, you know what? We can't get all our ducks in a row. So we have to stop trying. They yeah. move to other ponds. <laughs> they won't all show up. We just can't get our ducks in a row. So let's stop. Let's just stop trying. Take that pressure off. So... Oh, the good. picture in my head right now. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was so, we were just mortified, but we just kept tapping. We just kept tapping. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. Uh, that's kind of good advice for life. Just keep on tapping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like to keep on yes. swimming. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, Gay, most of us don't even have a row we can put ducks in. You know, so it's... <laughs> hurting cats <laughs> oh goodness so as we kind of wrap up uh this uh, part of the show gay can you give some encouragement to someone who's listening who uh might be thinking about starting out on their own or or maybe found themselves in a, in a similar situation as you and you know what would you tell them to do right now in this moment if you're in the marketplace, like in the corporate world, you're not running your own business or in your own business. If you're in the marketplace and you're trying to figure out what's next, I'd offer um, two pieces of advice. First of all, keep talking to God about it. Mm-hmm. Keep talking to God so you don't get in front of him and you don't get behind him because he will make his path known to mm-hmm. you. Secondly, figure out what it is in your current job that you can do to learn, to, be, to participate in, to take with you when it's time to leave. So don't miss the opportunities just because you're miserable. If you're looking to start a speaking business or a writing business, start speaking and start writing and get some good training. That is one thing I wish I would have done differently early on. I wish I would have put more time into getting better, especially at my speaking, rather than trying to figure out how do I create a business around it. Interesting. Yeah, coaching. Coaching is very important. You think about all the people who are like the best in their fields all get coaching. And sometimes we underestimate the importance of that, don't we? We (laughs) And and, and mentorship, too, falls in line with that. Do you have a mentor, Gay? Or are you a mentor for someone else? um, I would say that I mentor others informally, yes. I've usually had mentors. Right now I'm in... um, in a group where we are um, a group coaching mentorship with um, Lisa Whittle and Allie Worthington mm-hmm. in a group called, called Creatives. Yeah. And that is a wonderful mentorship group for me, learning from them, two of the best when it comes to speaking and writing. Great. Allie is wonderful. We had her speak at a women's conference uh, this year. 
here and uh, she's wonderful. So yeah, definitely if you have a chance, get to know her as well and get to know Gay. We love her. <laughs> Be her friend. Yes. <laughs> and we done. <laughs> yeah, get to know Gay. She's awesome. So um, we're going to wrap the show up. Man, the show always goes so fast, doesn't it? I don't want this to end, yes. Janelle. <laughs> no, we're having too much fun. And Janelle, why don't you share your takeaway from this past hour? Well, I can't help but say the word joy because she has brought her joyful personality into some difficult situations that she's walked through. I mean, we started at 9-11 and now she's, you know, caregiving with her mom and her mother-in-law. And all of these things are just, it, it just surrounded herself with joy and the the joy of the Lord, you know, and these are hard situations, you know, and all these big transitions she's made in her life has been amazing that you, you went to the Lord and said, give me strength and gave grace to yourself. But in this podcast, Gay, you've taught me how to laugh at myself. And uh, we just shared off mic uh, about some behind the scenes happenings that happened with a podcast that we recorded on Tuesday. And it was just like, seriously, is this really happening? Is this in my life? And I never thought at that moment that I was going to laugh at it someday. But you've helped me laugh at those circumstances. So thank you. Thank you for that <laughs> gift. I think it's a gift. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, my takeaway is very similar, Janelle, is um, as an introvert, a fellow introvert, Gade shared that she's also a natural introvert and, and perhaps someone's listening who feels the same way. And uh, maybe there's hope for us. <laughs> One. <laughs> um, but also, isn't it, we, we always need the hope. Uh, but also, you know, it is something we have to learn is to, is to laugh at ourselves, like you said, Janelle. It's something we, I think we all, especially in our younger years, take ourselves way too seriously. We can look yes. back and say, why did I out why did I um, beat myself up so much because now I can look back at it and and laugh but just learning just even in the moment or even a couple of days later right to know <laughs> like with our right. podcast yes. Um, yes. just so look important. back and said you know wh why why be so down on ourselves but yeah. uh, laugh at it and move on and and see the joy even in the in the foibles right <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. In the everyday life. In the yeah. ordinary things. Things go wrong all the time for everybody. <laughs> but you can find joy in it and find hope in it. And, and Gay, you reminded us of that today, too. So I hope that someone listening today uh, was really encouraged more than when somebody was encouraged today. So tell us how to, uh, they can find out more information about your services and, and get your books. Thank you. Oh, what a fun day. This was fun. Thank you so much for the laugh. <laughs> um, I, my website is gaylindfors.com, as, just as my name is, and on there you can find more about my speaking and my books, and most importantly, I think, for your listeners, if you are looking for a breath of fresh air, if you're looking a way to just kind of start again, get a kickstart into something new, I have a beautiful free ebook on there that you can download. It's called Finding a Breath of Fresh Air and a Way to Start Again. I encourage you to just pick that up and find that breath of fresh air and, and kind of starting again. On Facebook, I'm at Gay Lindfors Author. And on Instagram, I'm at Gay Lindfors. And I'd love to connect with people. Thank you so much. 
Wonderful, Gay. Thank you again for bringing a smile to our faces, reminding us that joy is so important in our everyday life, no matter what happens. So again, thank you. We're so glad that you joined us today. My pleasure. Thanks to both of you, Lori and Janelle.